Welcome to The Conversation, a podcast for and about women in business. I'm your host, Gina Simeone. I'm a digital marketing consultant for the Google Premier Partnered Agency, Single Throw Marketing, in Wall, New Jersey. The trend of women in business is growing every day, and over the last 20 years, more women have started their own businesses than ever before, and the amount of women who have risen up the corporate ladder to a VP or C-suite position in their company has significantly increased. The dream of women holding a large presence in the business world is finally a reality. The Conversation Podcast is sponsored by Single Throw Marketing, a Google Premier Partnered Digital Agency. To learn more about Single Throw and how we can knock your socks off, visit singlethrow.com. Welcome back to The Conversation. Thank you for joining us. Today we have Kalelia Pergola, and she is the Chief Operating Officer at New Jersey Elder Law Center at Goldberg Law Group. She is also an author, which is so exciting. She wrote a book called The Law Firm Revolution. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Gina. Thanks so much. So I uh, found her via some emails that were coming through and I, I started looking you up and doing some research and you have such an interesting story and you know you are the chief operating officer at such a young age as well. And I wanted to talk to you and hear your story and, and get you on. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on here. Thank you for having me. Tell me about how you became the COO. It's interesting, actually. So I've always wanted to be an attorney. So I just play one on TV. I did not have the education. It was not something that was instilled in me. We were immigrants. I'm an immigrant. I was born in Italy. So the values that my grandparents instilled in me were just to work hard and be an honest person. So when I met my business partner, Eric Goldberg, He is a certified elder law attorney, and he was going out on his own. We were at a prior law firm together, and I was actually answering the phone. And I was really interested in his business model, the fact that he even looked at a law firm like a business. And my grandmother at the time had a pulmonary embolism, so I became the client. And we do elder law, so we help the sandwich generation uh, take care of their loved ones as they age. So, and I'm a very opinionated Italian woman, (laughs) you know, my determination and what everybody thinks is a blessing, Eric found, thankfully, as a blessing and not as a nuisance like my husband does. (laughs) And I started telling him, you know, we should be doing it this way. And we should be using these words. And I think it's important in communication, especially in business, like what we're projecting out to the world and how we want to be seen. And those are some of the basics that my grandparents taught me with, you know, a third grade education. So yeah, I basically paved my own way and just kind of demanded the respect. I started at 26 years old with him. So I was kind of a, I was kind of a joke when I networked. (laughs) So, you know, with this, the strong Italian woman personality, I wouldn't know anything about that, by the way, with that, you know, you, you do kind of come off, you know, a little bit, not you personally, but, you know, in general, a little abrasive and people kind of have to take it with a grain of salt. So how did you utilize that to your advantage? So I just continued, you know, I think I was a bit naive and, but I was a bit cocky about it. Right. And I think 
it's because when you're younger, you don't have a lot of perspective, right? I don't think that you truly reflect on not yourself, because I think especially as women, we're always reflecting on ourselves. It's more of not reflecting on how other people see you, right? You're kind of this like, well, take me as I am and, and just kind of deal with it. And so I use that to my benefit because I was just young and naive. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. So you really kind of helped pave the way for yourself to just kind of move up. So you started when you were 26 and what were your various roles throughout working with your partner to lead you to be the COO? Oh, everything. I (laughs) answered phones. I scheduled, I ordered paper down to budgeting, training myself on QuickBooks and working with the accountants on the taxes and various marketing endeavors. I mean, you name it, other than talking to the clients and strategizing with them and drafting the estate plans, I've done it all. (laughs) Wow. That's very impressive. Very impressive. So you just, you just kept going and, and worked your way up the ladder. Yeah. I think it's, there's something to be said for people that say, I don't tell someone else to do it unless I've done it myself. I think that there's a level of respect that you have to have for your boss if they're willing to understand where you've come from and not kind of like poo-poo the importance of answering the phone. Because the smallest of jobs are actually, I think, the most important and what make the client feel like they got the mint on the pillow. Yeah, I I can definitely understand that. Um, How did you balance your personal life with your work life and trying to be this career focused, amazing woman? I don't think I had any balance and I still don't have balance. (laughs) I don't believe in balance. I think balance is a nice, it's a nice word that we all strive to have. But I, I think that especially being a a working mother, you have days or weeks that your children need you and your business might take a hit and a hit in a sense where you're not showing enough attention or love, or even, you know, as far as the culture to your team. And then there are times where your family takes a hit and you just, you, you you have to roll with the punches. Yeah. Yeah. How many kids do you have? I have two boys. Oh, how old are they? They are eight and five. Fun. So they're probably just getting sports and stuff. And so your life is getting a little bit hectic. Yes. I, I have one that is constantly in sports and the other one is he's going to be six. So he's still, and he's the second, he's trying to find who he is and I'm trying to find who he is. So I'm, I'm lucky that I technically only have like one in, in the chaotic phase, but yeah. I don't know how people have more than two kids. <laughs> My brother has four, so they have a lot to balance. Like that, they, he needs an award. He does. Him and him and his wife definitely need an award for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so you're in the uh, elder law realm. So there's been a lot of discussion with that, with seniors and assisted living facilities and things of that nature with COVID and everything. How has that really evolved that industry in the past year and a half? It's been trying. I mean, I have friends that are in the senior space in facilities, home care, care managers, 
And then I have obviously the clients and then dear friends. I'm in the sandwich generation. So I think it's hitting on all angles. I mean, I don't think that there's one consistent thing that ding other than people starting to plan more. I think or maybe not necessarily plan, but take action. I see more people, and that's not just with, I'm sure you see it with, yeah. with marketing, is people are trying to get their to their to-do list. They're trying to get to their wish list. They're trying to get to their bucket list. I think that's a good thing for everybody. Yeah. So in, in conjunction with this, so you wrote a book, The Law Firm Revolution. Tell me about this book and how it has helped people in your industry. So the book came about because I don't have the degree and I was around all these attorneys that are very intelligent and I was trying to qualify myself and my theories. And so I put it into a a book. Also, my business partner was kind of, you know, sending me out there to his colleagues and saying, well, you know, Chloe can spend the day and get you organized and put some processes in place. And I started a consulting firm and did it for about a year and a half and got a lot of family law for some reason, some family law clients, which I saw my husband, he's conflicted out of every single family law attorney in the state of New Jersey. (laughs) But it was trying to run two businesses and consulting is I got to give consultant credit because they're, they're designing like their own services based on how they perceive business should be run and then how to guide you. And some people tell you what you should be doing and then others show you like, there's so many different ways. Yeah. So I just realized it wasn't for me. So I put it in a book and it's basically my theory about changing the law firm model. If you know, the law firm model has never been changed. It has always been the same. But what is the law firm model? The law firm model is basically an hourly arrangement. And when you call as the client with a, a problem or a question, the, the clock, clock starts. starts. Yeah. And there to answer that particular question or problem. And yeah, I think that it should be more of a service organization because a lot of the attorneys I've met are, they want to help their clients. Right. But they also have to be the bookkeeper, especially for the, the solos or the small law firms, they have to do it all. So giving them the ability to be more proactive for their clients and showing them the benefit and the return on investment by being proactive and maybe spending a little bit more time in the beginning versus being reactive and also teaching them about culture. The law firm model is when you put something on your paralegal's desk or your associate's desk, it's, it needs to be done. It needs to be reviewed. Like it's, there's a, a heavy micromanagement culture in there. And if you give people the freedom and, and the desire and the passion to really believe in what they're doing, they could truly be an asset to you. And that's, that goes for any business. This isn't, this isn't like I'm some sort of genius. I've just taken it from other types of, uh, of businesses and applied it to the law firm model. 
Okay. So you, you mentioned in this book, you know, it's, you have some like how to deal with some relationship problems in regards to elder law and the law firm uh, model in itself. Um, so you're, you're essentially just trying to really not, not necessarily be like a therapist, but really to show more compassion, more desire, because this is a very passionate and sensitive subject, like our loved ones, our elders, like it is nice to, to have a law firm that is a little bit more compassionate and not just an hourly rate. So what kind of how to's and, and issues do you, you know, without giving too much away from the book, but just a little something that you can share with us about that. Sure. I, number one is they track all of the hours that they spend. So reflecting on the reports consisting of all these hours and trying to see maybe coming up with a flat rate that you're charging, you know, is there particular services that you're constantly like the, the fast food industry, right? Are you constantly turning out certain contracts that only take three hours or only take 10 hours? So create a flat fee model around those. So, you know, trying those certain strategies as far as money in the door, as well as also trying to spend more time with the team. When you hand something back to your team and say that this needs to be fixed, don't just say it needs to be fixed. You explain what it is. And again, in, in any industry, I've seen it over and over. Uh, there was a, a stint that for a year and a half, I went to a very large law firm. So I worked with over a hundred attorneys as their chief strategy officer. And I saw that pages would be left on someone's desk or an email would be sent and say, schedule a conference call with this individual, whether it be professional or client, but nothing would ever be explained. And if you spend that extra two to five minutes explaining, well, listen, it's nothing that you did. It's just my style of writing, right? Or I want you to schedule with the accountant because every time we fund a trust, I want to make sure that the accountant understands the tax consequences. Got it. That way, the assistant can be like, oh, you know what? The next time it comes up, we're funding the trust for Mr. Smith. Do you want me to make an appointment with the accountant? It'll make your life easier. Essentially, you help spell it out for them so that they don't have to do a lot of the guesswork themselves. I think that's so important, especially in the elder community. You know, if you're dealing with older folks, they don't understand everything. They don't have the time to figure it out or they they get frustrated and anxiety. So it's it's really nice to have that compassionate component. I think that's really great. So what kind of feedback have you gotten from the book? It's it's been great. I mean, it it landed me at this large law firm and I got to help so many attorneys. It's not my passion. And I think that's where I I am right now is I thought because this was something that I was really good at, this was my passion. I've written a book, I've gotten good feedback, but my passion has always been serving seniors and serving caregivers. And so Uh, Now, I'll tell you is that I am at the end of my second book, and it will be launching hopefully by the end of the year. Uh, It's being printed as we speak. So that is more about my passion. And that's the story about my grandmother and caregiving for her in the last six years and how it's changed my life. Oh, that's amazing. I can't wait. 
was, what was your process like through actually writing a book? Cause I know there's tons of people out there that, you know, always say, I want to write a book, but they never do it. How did you just do it? So number one is actually doing it. Like you, I, I think, and, and no matter what we are, right. Like how many times do you say like, I'm going to go to Italy or I'm going to go to France. Like right. I've always wanted to go, but you never book it. So when you say you want to do something, do the research in it. You know, one thing that I did with the law firm revolution, because I was, my target market work was attorneys and they are wordsmiths. And I apologize for anybody that is and reads the stuff that I write. (laughs) I write like I speak. So my second book is all me and it might not be as eloquent as the law firm revolution, but I got a partner. She was a writer for, um, you know, various newspapers. And, and so she kind of helped me through the process to sound more eloquent. And she helped me get all of the ideas out of my head onto paper and get them in an organized fashion. So, you know, sit down and talk to somebody. And in no matter what industry you are, there's so much free advice out there. Yeah. So, right? Like contact somebody that's done it before you guys, I'm sure like you would help with the marketing aspect of things. If if marketing drives you think about what you could do with the book and, you know, talk to somebody like yourself and get excited about that part of it so that you can then put the wheels in motion with the part that's a little bit more daunting. Yeah. So how did you get your book published? Did you go seek out a publisher? Did you have to pay to get that done? How did that process work? So I self-published. I looked into being on like bestsellers lists and having, uh, you know, a, a publishing house, but you know, I, I'm not a, this is not what I do. So <laughs> God bless anybody that does it. I have submitted my book into numerous publishing houses. It's very difficult. So self-publishing is very easy. I mean, and now all the services that a publishing house has, self-publishers do. So they have writers, they have editors, they have all of those things. You'll have to pay for it. Right. But, you know, if it's something you're passionate about, then... It'll be well worth it in the end. For anybody that wants to write a book, you have to first decide why do you want to write that book? You know, like what's the purpose? Is it to excel like your career? Is it to get your story out there or your ideas? Is it to make money off of it? And depending on what that answer is, then that will give you some of the ideas of the route you want to go. Got it. It's great that, you know, you're putting yourself out there and, and, and telling your story and, and writing the book and, and you actually did it. You actually did it and you're doing it again. So that, I think that's amazing. Thank you so much. This has been super helpful. Um, very interesting to learn about, you know, the whole book process and just kind of changing the mindset of, you know, a industry that has been doing things a certain way forever that you're kind of coming in and shaking it up and really kind of branching out to say there is another way like that you know the time is evolving these things are changing every single day and you know if we keep our old school mentality we're going to lose the new generations coming in so you know we're in a different world right now we're in a digital era we're in a social media world everybody knows everything video you can't even do you can't even go to the bathroom without somebody knowing so <laughs> 
you know, we have to keep learning and adapting. So I think it's great for, you know, women like you to, to pioneer this effort and to really kind of get your voice out there and get heard. I, I think it's wonderful. It really inspired me. And, and, you know, it's really why I wanted to have you on this podcast. So I'm super grateful that you came on and shared your story. Thank you so much. And if anybody ever wants to reach out, I love meeting new people and hearing about their journey. So feel free. You have your own website. Do you want to share your website? So if they do want to find you. Sure. It's Clelia, C-L-E-L-I-A, Pergola. That's the easy part. P-E-R-G-O-L-A.com. I know. I think I asked her how to say her name like 14 times already. So, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, most people just don't ask and they just avoid saying it. They just avoid saying it. <laughs> uh, Clel, Clel, I'm just going to call you Clel. <laughs> Yeah. Thank you again. And we're looking forward to your next book coming out. Do you have a title for it yet? Or is that top secret? No, I do. It's called Life Lessons and Legacy. See, All right. Well, keep an eye out for her next book. And again, thank you for joining us. And we will talk to you soon. Thank you. The conversation is brought to you by Single Throw Marketing. If you're interested in being a guest on our show, email what she said at conversation. C-O-N-V-H-E-R-S-A-T-I-O-N.com. Again, I'm your host, Gina Simeone. Listen to us every other week, and thanks for listening.